0: morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a wonderful start to this Sunday. Hope you had a great week and you're looking forward to a super week that's in front of you. This morning, we're going to do some, some comparison. Here's what I want to accomplish this morning. I want to take a good look at who God is. Then we're going to look at who man is. And what I want to do this morning is bring the two together and show the connection, show the union that you and I have with the Father through the Son in the Spirit. I'm gonna say some things this morning that may may shake your world up a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, That's what we do at the Digital Cathedral. We just expand our thinking a little bit, enlarge our consciousness. But the whole purpose of everything that we do, remember, is to bring every one of us to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So I want to begin this morning in John chapter 4. John makes a, a statement in John chapter 4, verse 24. Now stay with me all morning this morning because we're going to work through some things and then we're going to we'll bring it all together and tie it up toward the end. Fair enough? John chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus says this. And I want you to, to ponder this a minute because this is this is deep when you think about it. He said, God is spirit. God is spirit. What do you think about when you think about spirit? God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. We heard that verse a lot of times in our life, probably, especially if you've been in church. So when Jesus is talking, He's talking to this woman in Samaria. Remember, we talked about that a week or two ago. The the the, the, the power of one. And so Jesus, just bringing you back to that verse where to the Samaritan woman, he said that God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Now here's what I want you to understand. God is a spirit. That means he's invisible. You can't see him with your naked eye. You can't see him with your physical eye. When we fellowship with the Father, or in this case, when Jesus said we worship, we must worship in spirit. Now that what, what we have in worship then really is the invisible meeting the invisible God's spirit and the spirit of God that is within you which which is all one spirit what is it in first corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 paul said he that is joined to the lord is one spirit with the lord when we talk about worship when we talk about knowing the father in truth he's a spirit You're you're basically a spirit. And so when we fellowship and when we communicate with the Father, when we worship, we do it in spirit and we do it in truth. Genesis chapter 2, verse seven tells us that spirit that is the Father is the very breath of life. It's the spirit of the Father, his very essence, the quality of his being, that he imparted to man. It says in Genesis chapter two, verse seven, that when he created man, he set him up, and he breathed into his nostrils a breath. And the word there is actually spirit. I can't remember exactly what what the what the Hebrew word for spirit is in Greek. It's pneuma, but it may, means basically the same thing. It means breath. It means wind. Uh, it means uh, uh, you know the, the impartation of what is behind the one that is imparting the breath. Or the or the wind the spirit and we see in John chapter 3 Jesus saying this if you back up one one chapter to John chapter 7 I'm sorry John chapter 3 verse 7 he says in, in speaking of Nicodemus he says do not marvel that I said to you you must be born again now here's what I want you to hear the wind blows where it wishes or the spirit the spirit the spirit moves as it wants to and you hear the sound of it, or in other words, you see the results of it. You see the manifestation of it, but you cannot tell from where it comes or where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. It's a, it's a spiritual birth. It's a spiritual understanding. And when you were were born of spirit, when you were resurrected with Jesus from death to life, it was a spiritual happening. It was a spiritual happening. Uh, it says in, in, uh, over in Peter that we were begotten again through the resurrection. So when we look at you, when we look at me, when we look at each other this morning, spirit is the very non-physical core of who we are. It's, a, it's our essence. And spirit is the essence of God. Both are invisible. When we worship, when we, when we seek truth, we do it spirit to spirit. I think what what that should uh, eliminate in our thinking when it says when Jesus said that God is spirit, it should eliminate in our thinking what has been kind of etched in that God is this this person that's out yonder somewhere uh, in this beautiful region in the sky that we call heaven. That's that's not where he resides. That's not who he is. That's not the truth about his existence. God is spirit. God is a life-giving breath. He's a creative agent. He's the invisible life and intelligence that underlies all living creations. Every living creation emanated out of this one source, out of this one spirit. God is the invisible, non-tangible force that we can call light, we can call love, we can call power. Uh, There's a lot of of, um, adjectives, descriptive words that we can put to it. He is the, in other words, he's the totality of everything that is good. There's only one God in the universe. There's only one source of all things. There's not two sources. There's not multiple sources. He is the source of all different forms of life. In the very beginning in Genesis, everything that was created was created by him, everything that was created emanated out of him. Uh, there is none but him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 28, we, we read that, and I wanna read it again, because it shows the totality of who he is. And it gives us a, 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 an insight as to how the entire thing is gonna summarize, how it's going to end up. He says in verse 28, and when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will be subject to the Father who put all things under him, watch, that God may be all in all, that he may be all in all in all, that's how it originated, and that's how it will finalize. It started with God all in all, and it will it will finalize with God all in all. In fact, it's never changed. He's always been all that is in all. Because he's spirit, because he's non-visible, it's hard for us sometimes to relate to that. It's hard for us to get a picture of it. Jesus came in flesh so that we could see invisible form so we could touch it, we could handle what was invisible. Jesus said very clearly, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He came to reveal how we relate to the Father. Jesus demonstrated it he verbalized it. He said, let's relate to him as Father. Jesus called him Father, he's our Father. And by being a Father, I know some of you probably did not have a good Father, but if you had a good Father, a good earthly Father, then you, you can understand what Jesus demonstrated when he showed us and revealed to us the Father's heart, the Father's attitude, the Father's character, how he deals with us. He's not looking to burn you eternally. He's not, He he, he will discipline you, but he's not looking to torture you. He's not looking to hurt you. Jesus came in visible form so that we could understand what the spirit looked like. He is the perfect, in fact, in Hebrews, chapter, in Hebrews chapter one, let's read that. Let's read the first couple of verses of, of Hebrews chapter one. Hebrews chapter one says this, verse one, who at sundry times and in, in, in different ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. That's good. However, he's improved on that. He has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. Now when I get over to talking about what is man, I want you to understand that he appointed Jesus heir of all things and has given us joint heirship. And that's a that's a that's a big inheritance that we have. Made him heir over all things by whom also he made the world. Now watch verse 3. In whom in who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. Jesus is the only one that could ever say You've seen me, you've seen the Father. And the writer of Hebrews expressed, I love the way that he expresses this. Moses could not say this. David couldn't say it. Isaiah, Jeremiah, no one could say that they were the express image of the person of the Father. If we want to know what the Father looks like, we look at Jesus. God is spirit. And I want to expand on that in just a minute. But Jesus now becomes this connector between God and man. Jesus was 100% human, 100% divine. We call that the hypostatic union. He wasn't, he wasn't a man that looked like God. He wasn't a, a God that just looked like a man. He was 100% human. He was 100% divine. So what is it that Jesus revealed to us about the God? What is God like? Now this is not exhaustive in any way, shape or form, but I think Jesus Jesus fully demonstrated four things about the Father, then I want to go over and look at man, I want to tie the two together, but it's important that we get a full understanding of what the Father looks like. And I began this out by talking to you from John chapter four, verse 24, where Jesus said that God is spirit, they that worship him, God will worship him in spirit and truth. So there's a spirit connection that goes on. There's a spirit union that goes on. So the first thing that Jesus tells us and reveals to us about the Father is that he's spirit. He's spirit. You can't see spirit with natural eyes, thank God. Thank the Father that he sent Jesus so that we could see a visible form of what was invisible. And you begin to see him, not with your natural eyes, but when we see with the eyes of our inner man, when we see with the eyes of our spirit, we begin to recognize what the Father is like. You begin to recognize his voice. You begin to recognize his character. You begin to sense his his love. All of those things come to us in a non-visible form that you cannot see with natural eyes. But it's amazing how acute your spiritual perception can become and you can get a full view of what the father is like but let's not forget the fact that he is spirit i am spirit you don't you don't see the living thinking me what you see is this flesh form you're watching me on camera and i'm 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 manifesting to you through this flesh form but you really don't see you don't see the real me what you see is the form of spirit which i'm manifesting and I'm manifesting as a, as a male. I'm manifesting as this guy with uh, brown hair that's getting really gray. I'm manifesting to you as, a, as an older man. I'm, I'm, I'm manifesting to you. Now when you get to know me, and that really that's all you see. And until you get to know me, some of you that have been at the Digital Cathedral for a while. You've really gotten to see my heart. You've gotten to see who, who I really am. You've gotten to see, you've gone past the flesh image. you've gotten you have have had a revelation of who i really am when when you when you really get to know me then you contact the real me it's a spirit to spirit connection the reason many of you here at the digital cathedral is because what i teach to you resonates with your spirit in the same way that we worship god in spirit there's a spirit to spirit connection between the father and you there's also a spirit to spirit connection between those that are on the same frequency the same vibrational level we could express it a lot of different ways but the reason that we have a connection many of us is because it is a spirit to spirit and you've gotten to know a little bit of the real me and, and, and many of you i've gotten to know you through our conversations our facebook posts our comments we've gotten to we've we, been able to feel a little bit of the heartbeat of one another and often that perception is not accurate until you really get to know somebody. Have you ever had a first impression of somebody and then you found out actually that that first impression that you had of the person was not a very accurate impression, and after you got to know them, they were completely different than what you first thought they were? That's that's the same with the Father. As we've gotten to know the Father, as, as Jesus has unveiled and revealed him to us, and we have gotten some spiritual understanding, we begin to see, listen to me carefully, we've begun to see that the father is nothing like they told us down at the church house. He's absolutely nothing like that, that ogre, that vindictive, angry, judgmental, fierce deity that's waiting to slap you down, ready to cast you into a customized torture chamber if you don't love him back. thats He's nothing like that. We find that he's exactly like Jesus. Jesus unveiled him perfectly. So the first thing that I think we really need to understand is that God is spirit. Everything I'm going to say about the Father is true about you too, because you're you're interconnected with him. And I I want to move into that just a little bit. So stay with me this morning. Second of all, we see that Jesus demonstrated that God is love. You can only grasp love when you see its form, when you see its demonstration, when you see how it actually fleshes out. The totality of all love in the universe is comprised in the God that we serve. We see a little bit of it in a way a husband loves a wife, or, or or parents love their children. That's a small corner of the manifestation of the perfect love of the Father. Jesus said something very powerful in John chapter 13 and verse 35. Let me, let me read that for I want to get the wording exactly right. John chapter 13 and verse 35. Jesus gives us a real insight into this love that we have within us, that is the love like the Father. In verse 35, in this love that is growing, this love that is developing, Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 35, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. So when we judge one another, uh, we we try to, to be uh, harsh with one another, we try to bring a, make one another account to us, like we're some kind of authority. That's not demonstrating the love that Jesus demonstrated. He didn't say they would know you by your doctrine. He didn't say they would know you um, by your by the way that you show yourself most of the time. He said that they would know that you're my disciples because you have love one for another. So that tells me that the love that the Father has, the totality of all love, God, God is love. That's the only defining definition we have of God. God is a spirit. And that spirit manifests totally in love. Everything that God is has to come through that filter of love. And Jesus said, this love that the Father has, it's agape, same love that the Father has, they're gonna know you. Now, that's not what religion taught us. Religion taught us to evangelize. this, This totally revamps evangelization. He said men would recognize, men would be drawn to that love. Jesus said, if you lift me up, I'll draw all men to me. You can't lift Jesus up void of love. You can't lift Jesus up separately from love. We lift him up in love. That's not what they told us down to the church. Down to the church, they told us we need to evangelize. We need to go out and present the four spiritual laws. We need to go out and walk them down the Romans road. We need to bring people to a point of decision because if they don't make a decision in this lifetime, then that unconditional love that God has for us, we've not met the conditions of the unconditional love. Isn't that crazy? We've put conditions on his love that we have to accept it. We have to return it. We have to give him love back or he will not accept us. That's that's not the love of the Father. That's not the totality of love in the universe. Jesus said that we would know, that the world would know that we are his disciple apart from all that mess. Apart from trying to bring somebody to a point of decision and then feel after you've got them to pray the magic prayer that somehow you have won somebody to Jesus. You didn't win anybody to Jesus. Jesus won the world to himself through his death, burial, and resurrection. He won the world. All we can do is demonstrate the love and let the Father draw them to the Son. Jesus said, no man comes to me unless the Father draws him. Now, it's a fact. It's true that you and I can be instruments of that love. We're demonstrations in the earth of that love. And that's what we need to demonstrate. We don't need to demonstrate a hard sell we don't need to try to hard close somebody bring them to a point of decision what we need to do is just first of all begin to love ourselves. then begin to love one another demonstrate grace demonstrate mercy that endures forever demonstrate inclusion that we embrace all and then let that love begin to draw people love is the reflection of the father's heart see when we love we show people what the Father's like. Third of all, Jesus showed us that God is wisdom and knowledge. He contains, he encompasses all wisdom and all knowledge. Paul said this in Colossians chapter two. Colossians chapter two. Now I'm going to get to tying this up. So I'm going to make this very practical for you in just a minute. But just, I'm, I'm setting some foundation down here. So stay with me. Colossians chapter two, verse two. Paul says, I'm praying that your hearts may be encouraged that you would be knit together in love and attaining all riches of the full assurance of understanding, watch, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, we would come to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both the Father and of Christ, watch, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So within in the Father and within Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And you have the ability to reach into that treasure of all wisdom and knowledge and to draw out what has always been there. We call that the mind of Christ. That's what the mind of Christ is. When you tap the mind of Christ, you're tapping into the wisdom and the intelligence and the knowledge that, that resides within the Father. It's in there, it's in you. It's waiting to be tapped. It is within you. And we talk a lot about quiet time and meditation and, 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 and separating ourselves all so we can begin to hear. That's how you you draw it from yourself, right? So not only is, is uh, God's spirit, not only is he the totality of love, not only does he contain all wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Number four, the thing, fourth thing that Jesus showed us is that God is power. God is power not that he has power he is power. he is the again the sum totality of power. there is no power except what is of him and what's been delegated is he delegates see and and what we have done we have given the power that belongs to us we've we've given it to things that have no power and I'm not going to get into all that that mess this morning but that's that's why there's evil in the world that's why there's wrong in the world. If we walked in just these characteristics of the Father that we're talking about, if we walked as a spirit connected to spirit, connecting to one another, if we walked in love, if we we pulled up on the wisdom and the knowledge of the Father that resides within us, if we begin to see that there's only one power and lived our life like there's one power and we did not give away what belongs to us, the father's not just omnipotent. He's not just all powerful. He is omnipotent. He is the totality of omnipotence. He is all power itself. There is no power that resides outside of him. And Jesus, now I'm gonna to begin to, to make a little transition here, because I, I, want, I want you to see that Jesus demonstrated the spirit, the love, the knowledge, the, the wisdom, and the power that is within God. Jesus was in full manifestation of that. He revealed that to us about the Father. And because he's 100% man, 100% God, not only did Jesus reveal to us the Father, Jesus revealed us to us. Jesus revealed to us exactly how a believer ought to live. He, he, He demonstrated to us what we have full access to. He demonstrated to us what our potential is and so let me give you just a couple of verses here and i want you to see some things in here because in the months ahead we're going to we're going to tap some of these things that that the body of christ has not tapped into but are there uh their spiritual their spiritual happenings their spiritual awakenings yet there's revelation that we need to receive that we don't have at this time it's a mystery it's, there's still things that are mysteries and yet Jesus demonstrated. But just because we're not demonstrating it does not mean that it's not valid and it's not for us. All right, let me show you one here in John chapter 10. Let's go back to John. John had such tremendous insight in John chapter 10 and verse 17 and verse 18. John chapter 10 and verse 17. Watch this, this is powerful. Because now when we talk about the God man, Jesus, Everything we say about him, as he is in this world, so are we. What we say about him is valid for us. Jesus came to show us not only the Father, what the Father's heart is. And we just walked through four, four strong characteristics. He came to show us to us. He came to show the house to the house. He came to demonstrate for us how we are to live, how we, what, what, what's available to us, what we can tap into. He says in 17, therefore my father loves me because I lay my life down that I may take it up again. That is a powerful, powerful statement that Jesus said. Jesus was fully aware that his identity as a son, manifesting as a son, gave him the power to lay his life down, the power to take it back up again. No one takes it from me, verse 18 says. Nobody takes it from me. Nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down of myself. Now watch what he said. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up. This command I've received from the Father. The Father implanted within Jesus the full understanding that nobody's going to take his life. Sickness was not going to take his life. Disease was not going to take his life. When the opportune time came and his mission was fulfilled, he could say, it is finished. Jesus voluntarily laid his life down. They didn't kill him. They didn't murder him. They hung him on a cross, but he's the one that said his finished. He's the one that voluntarily gave his life up. He is the one that raised it back up again. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead that was resident within Jesus. See these things he's saying about himself. I, listen, I, I'm not here to explain how, how it happens. It's a work of spirit. But it's a work as we mature that mysteries become very clear. Jesus said, I don't, nobody's going to take my life from me. And I think you have every right, every authority based on the life of Jesus to say, nobody's going to take my life from me. Disease isn't going to take it. Sickness isn't going to take it. When my time is fulfilled, I can lay it down. I can transition. I can walk into that next dimension, into that next realm of consciousness. And Jesus said an amazing thing. I can pick it back up again. If, I think Paul demonstrated I think Paul was, was killed more than one time. He was stoned. Think about this. He was stoned outside the city and they did not stop stoning somebody until they were sure they were dead. They stoned him, they left him and he got back up and walked back into the city. I think, I think Paul took it back up again. I, they could not kill Paul. They could not kill John on the Allapatnas. They boiled that man in, in boiling oil. They could not kill him. Because they couldn't kill him, they finally threw him on the Isle of Patmos and just said, separate him, get him out of the way, let him stay out there until he dies. They couldn't kill him. I think we have every right, every every reason to be able to say that. In fact, Jesus, I like how Jesus got in the face of Pilate in John chapter 19. John chapter 19 and verse 11, Jesus said this. You could have no power at all against me. This is what we tell him to Pilate. Pilate said, Don't you know I can crucify you? I can let you go? Jesus said, Jack, you don't understand. You don't have any power over me except what has been given to you from above. The only power you've got over me, Mr. Pilate, is what the Father has delegated to you. You have no power over me other than that. Now, let me be let me begin to let's talk about what's man. All right? We've looked a little bit about what God is, he's spirit, he's love, he's, he's all wisdom, he's all knowledge, he's he's absolute full power. There's no power other than him. We 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 look at a man, Jesus, that, that showed us what a man should look like, how a man should walk, and he he fully demonstrated uh the spirit, the love, the wisdom, the the understanding, and and the power of God. He he did it all. He gave us a full re- revelation of God, but he also gives us a full revelation of ourselves. Now I wanna talk a little bit about who we are, because who we are has gotta be a reflection of who the Father is. Every living person, every living person is a full manifestation of the one spirit that is love, that is wisdom, that is intelligence, that is power. Now we we all differ, we, we, we probably all differ in degrees of manifestation how we visibly are bringing that to the table and how the numberless modes as many as are watching me this morning as many as will watch this this week from all over the world the the numberless models of manifestation how we all present ourselves where we're at in the journey how much we're able to reflect how however insignificant it is that 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 slight manifestation to somebody that is further down the the, the journey, and they're manifesting more fully. It contains the seed of the whole. It contains the seed of of the of a full spirit of love, of wisdom, knowledge, of of power. Paul said it like this, and these again, these are some strong verses. And I hope I hope you can hear these like you've never heard it before. When we look at Jesus, we look at how he demonstrated. There's, there's two things he's always doing. He's showing us the Father, but he's showing us ourselves. He's showing us what we should be able to handle, you know? So it's, it's a matter of an unveiling. It's a matter of the mystery becoming known to us. And that all comes in a progressive revelation from the Father to us. I don't think you can speed it up. I think you might be able to slow it down a little bit. But here at the Digital Cathedral, we're trying to move into everything that we can move into. So Paul says it like this. And I like the way he ties us in Jesus. We need to look at Jesus as being the full manifestation of what a man should look like, a woman. Please don't get hung up on, on, um, you know, specie. Don't get hung up on male, female thing. We're all in Christ. We're all one, right? It says, for in Jesus, Colossians 2, 9, for in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And he demonstrated it. He manifested it. He he fully showed it. Now, I told you that we need need to begin to to tie ourselves into that. And in verse 10, he says, And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. That that deposit of his fullness has been placed within us. You got to get this. The deposit of that fullness in verse nine that Jesus walked out in bodily form has been placed within us. That's what what man is. You are fully, entirely, and complete in the one who is the fullness of the entirety of the Godhead in bodily form. Didn't hear that down at church, did you? They never stretched you to that because they couldn't demonstrate it. And I'm not saying that we're demonstrating it in its fullness and its entirety, but I'm saying it's there. Just because we don't demonstrate something does not mean it's not true. We need need to begin to give it space within our our consciousness, within our perception, within, within what we see and what we're sensing is going on within our life. So when you read a verse like Colossians 2, 9 and 10, you need to say, that's me. That's how I am. I am complete. Everything that Jesus demonstrated, everything that Jesus had, which was the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form, fullness of the spirit, fullness of the power, fullness of the wisdom and the intelligence, fullness of of everything that God had was was encapsulated in this one man Jesus. And then he Paul turns around and says everything that this one man encapsulated has been deposited within your life. I don't know what that does to you but it makes my spirit leap Paul said it a little differently in Ephesians chapter 3 but again this stuff I'm telling you this stuff cranks my engine and I don't have time to jack around and jerk around with things that are lesser than this I don't have time for petty disputes I don't have time for for nonsense we're pressing on we're moving on to some things that belong to us that are fully our right to manifest and we're beginning to see exactly how it takes place. All right, watch this. In in Ephesians chapter three, verse 16, Paul says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened, and this is a spirit to spirit thing, that you would be strengthened with all might by his spirit in the inner man. One spirit, there's only one spirit, his spirit. So that, that inner man needs to, to continually grab hold It needs to totally expand, continue to expand to grasp more of what we already possess. And we become more conscious of it. We become, uh, our perception of it grows, becomes stronger. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Got it? Same love. That we would be rooted and grounded. That that would be the only life force that drives us. That that would be the thing that we look at and say, this is what I'm emanating. This is what I desire to manifest. And that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. You'll never get it here. You have to get it here. I opened this up by saying it's a, it's a connection of invisible spirit, God's spirit, and your spirit. This is where you comprehend it. This is where you grasp a hold of his of, his, of the Spirit. This is where you, the eyes of your understanding open. It's in here. This is where wisdom and understanding arise. This is where power begins to emanate. It is from within. Now, th- this is mind blowing. This ties exactly into what he said in Colossians 2, 9 and 10. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Watch, and I underlined this in my Bible. And if you have your Bible, you should underline this in Ephesians 3, 19, that you would be filled with all the fullness of God, that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you think Paul would have written that? Do you think he would have been inspired by the spirit of God to write that if, that was, if there was no potential for that to happen? When you're filled with all the fullness of God, that is, that is the absolute consummate creme de la creme of no separation. No separation. When you are filled with the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Again, that's you can't naturally get it. It's, it's beyond what we, we can ask or think. Natural, natural Natural means. But it works according to the power that is in us. We can't ask it or think it. But it works according to the power that works in us. Man, my, my spirit's jumping up and down today because we're tapping into some unbelievable truth today. And I want you, I want you to get as excited about this as, 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 I, as I am because what I see in these verses, y'all, is that you can get all you want. You can have all you want. Let me ask you this how much How much do you want? It's all inside and we're learning to draw on it. You can draw. Listen to me. You can draw up to his fullness. Because His fullness resides within you, that you may be filled with all the fullness. The fullness is there. It's what we're lacking sometimes is the realization of that fullness that resides within us. So here's my message. Here's part of my message this morning, and I'm just getting I'm just getting started on this. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna have time to get it all done. Whatever level of spirituality you want to walk in, whatever level you want to manifest. You're in possession, regardless of how little you feel like you're manifesting. You are in possession of all that he is. You're in full possession of all that he has, right? One, one drop, one. I've, I've said this to you before. One drop of water, you, taken from the ocean, him, is just as perfect as the entire ocean. You, the, the elements in one drop of ocean water are exactly the same as the whole ocean. So whether you got one drop or you got a pailful or a barrelful or the entire ocean, it's it's the same elements, it's the same properties. Are, are you with me? The 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 pail, the 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 barrel, the drop, are complete in themselves, and the only variance between the drop and the whole ocean is in quantity, not in quality, but in quantity. We all. We all are ma- manifesting different amounts of glory, but our quality is exactly equal to what the Father has distributed. Now, each drop, each pailful, each barrelful contains the whole. I'm a, I'm a drop, and yet you, you yet no drop would ever claim that they're the entire ocean. But when you look at the whole ocean, you can't distinguish one drop. It's all one. Now there's a phrase that floats around and I'm not, I'm not wild about it and I'm gonna tell you why. When, when we talk about this kind of union, we, the, the phrase is that there's union with distinction. I, I struggle with that. I understand the spirit of what is being said, but whenever you talk about distinction, you're talking about separation. You cannot make one thing distinct from another unless, no matter how, how small, there is a separation. When I look at the whole ocean, when, when, when I look at the entire universe, my life, I've died. And my life is hidden with Christ in God. You're looking at the whole ocean. You can't tell the drop. There's no distinction between the drop and the entire ocean. All of the drops are contained within the ocean. And that's exactly how I view our life, my life, and your life. As a, as a human, as a man, I was crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. Now listen carefully, because this is who we are. We are the last and the highest manifestation, the fullest, most complete expression that the Father could ever put upon the planet. He sent Jesus as the prototype. He sent all of us. And because we are the last and the highest of creation, therefore, he has given us dominion over all of the other manifestations that are upon the earth today. Plants, animals, other manifestations. It's the way God set it up from the very beginning. I probably need to read that for you. This is how he set it up from the beginning. And I'm I'm seeing some things from this that are are putting me over on tilt. I'm not going to get into them this morning, but stay with me at the Digital Cathedral because we got stuff coming. Here's the way he set it up from the very beginning Genesis 1 you know the verses God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air so God created man verse 27 in his image and his likeness verse 28 he blessed them God said and be fruitful multiply fill the earth subdue it have dominion so here's what God did he we he saved the best for last he created man at the very end And I want you to notice something in that 26th verse. He said, let man have dominion. He didn't say, let man take dominion or man should take dominion. That's, we've read that in there. And so men are always trying to take what belongs to them. No, 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 you don't have to take anything. You already possess it. He said, let them have it. If God said, let them have it, then we have it. That's where all the spiritual warfare and all that stuff comes in, is man trying to take dominion. Never called to take dominion. God said, let him have it, let him possess it. He he imputed it, he imparted it to us. Are, are, Are you with me? So what takes place on the planet, here's my point. Because he gave us dominion, because he gave us authority, because he said, subdue it. What takes place on the planet is laid at man's feet. You cannot blame God. People say, well, if, how, how can God allow all the evil that goes on? I think God's wondering how can man, who has the authority and the dominion and has been given the right to subdue, how can man allow this? When are we gonna wake up? When, when are we gonna stop allowing the inheritance that we have been given to be ripped off from us? Psalm 115 verse 16 says, the heaven, even the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. It's our inheritance he has given it to us why why would we want to rapture why would we want to exit why would we want to give up why would we want to surrender our inheritance if you die and leave me a million dollars i'm going to tell you something i'm not going to let somebody else have it i'm going to claim every penny of it I'm gonna say this has been rightfully given to me by Job Lowe, he desired that I have it and I want it. The Father has said, the Father has said through the, the psalmist that the earth has been given to the sons of men. It's time we begin to take responsibility for it. That's what the kingdom of God is about. It's time that we begin to say, you know what, it's our, it's our problem that people are being mistreated. And it doesn't mean we go to war, it doesn't mean we pick up a sword, it means we begin to extend the kingdom Things we're talking about, understanding spirit and love and wisdom and knowledge that we possess, that we begin to shine light in darkness. I want to say more about that maybe in just a minute. What's going on right now is that darkness is getting darker and we see that and the church sees it. And so the church panics and the church says, we need to get out of here. We need to exit. We need to look for a rapture. We need to, we totally misinterpret revelations and we need to see Jesus riding back with a big tattoo on his hip and a big sword killing all those that are enemies what's going on is that the world is getting darker but at the same time the sons of God are 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 becoming light they're getting brighter and there's going to come a time when we cross over and darkness will not be able to handle and contain the light and it'll be a quick work believe me I don't, I don't think there's been a time going on when Isaiah chapter 60, the first six verses have, have been more relevant. Let, let me read this for you because this is what's going on today. And I, I've talked to you about who God is. I've talked to you about who man is, the potential that is wrapped up within us by the Father, what he has given to us. And this, this is another a look at how this plays out. First Corinthians chapter 15, that what is it, verses 22 to 28 tells you how it's gonna be done from Paul's perspective. And I like what Isaiah said, look what he says. He said, the spirit of God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. This is, this is all from, from Jesus. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, right? Now that's, that's Psalm 61, that's the mission of Jesus. Now let me read Psalm 60, the first six verses. Here's what's going on today. Arise, shine, for your light is come. Arise, shine, sons of God, daughters of God, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Your light is beginning to shine. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. Man, I feel an anointing on that. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and it is, and deep darkness the people. But, but, <laughs> thank God for big buts, but, The Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. So the darkness can't overshadow it. Isn't that what John chapter 1 says? The light shines in darkness, and the darkness could not stop it. Darkness can never stop light. Light will always overpower darkness. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your coming. I'm looking for that. I see it. I see it in spirit. Lift up your eyes all around and see, they all gather together, they come to you. Your son shall come afar, your daughter shall be nursed at your side, then shall you see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea, all the natural resources the things shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah and those of Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. That is, that is a powerful thing. When, when he gets down to about verse four there and he starts telling what's going to happen as light overcomes darkness, I'm telling you something. That's what we need to be looking for. That's where our gaze needs to be fixed. That's where our focus needs to be. That's where our concentration has got to become has got to become sharp. There's no other time in history that we're seeing this play out more than today. Now here's what's different today than has been different times past. And there are times that the light begins to shine on God's people, but today the revelation of who we are is dawning on us like never before. It's increasing exponentially. Grace, finished work of the cross, the demonstration of unconditional love, inclusion of all people, what a powerful message. Mercy that endures forever. You see, that cat is out of the religious bag. And i am telling you something, the cat's not going back in the bag. You can't herd cats. All of us are cats. We're out of the bag, we're out of the box. In fact, we don't even know there's a box anymore. And we're not going back in the box. There is a, a, a worldwide connection. If you'd ever thought, look, you'd be sitting on a Sunday morning. So you used to sit in a little building with with a, with a few other people and connect with them. Whoever thought that you'd sit on a Sunday morning, watch over the internet, we didn't really know what an internet was, and connect with people all over the world. People of like mind, people of like spirit. There's absolutely no limit to the source of our being. That's good news. But I got even better news. There's no unwillingness, there's no, there's no limit to the willingness of the source which fills us, there's no limit to his desire and his intention and ability to pour out more of himself into the lives of his sons and his daughters, right? Here's what's happening today. The hearts of the children are returning back to the father, not returning to doctrine, not returning to four walls in a building not returning to denominationalism, not returning to doctrine. They're turning to the Father. We're getting a revelation of who the Father is because we're seeing Jesus with clarity and we're taking with seriousness that how the Father is is exactly like Jesus. I think it's Bill Johnson that said, Jesus is perfect theology. If it doesn't fit the form of Jesus, don't believe it. I don't care who says it. I don't care who wrote it. If it doesn't look like Jesus, don't believe it. In in days gone by, man looked outside of himself. In the Old Covenant, they looked to a God that was outside of themselves for fulfillment, to get their needs met. See, they always were looking outside of themselves. They, 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 They were looking to interact with a God that was out there. You go to most churches on Sunday morning and hands are raised during praise and worship to reach a God that is out there. Now, not everybody's that way. I think sometimes we just raise our hands in submission to the one that is within us. I understand it. But in most charismatic Pentecostal modern churches, the worship of God has extent, because we're trying to reach, we're trying to get somewhere. He's out there. We wanna bring him from where he is to where we're at. We pray before the service that the presence of God would manifest. Don't realizing that it's fully manifested within us. It's beginning to dawn on us. It's coming to light that the kingdom is within us. That the Father through the Son and the Spirit lives within us. We're the temple. We are the earthly containers, just as Jesus was. Jesus took the presence of God everywhere he went. You take the presence of the Father everywhere you go. It's starting to hit on us. We're starting to be aware that out of our bellies is flowing rivers of living water, man. Life is flowing out of you. You walk into the store, the river of God's flowing, the life of God is flowing. You, you you may not recognize it, you may not even be aware of it, but believe me, it's happening. We perceive ourselves as one with the Father that is within us. And we're beginning to learn how to worship in spirit. We're learning to get off by ourselves, we're learning to connect, we're learning to be quiet. We're learning not, we don't have to raise our hand, we're not trying to connect with a God out there someplace. Man has not, nor can he ever, be satisfied with anything less than that again. You cannot go back to the old. You can't return to Egypt. You can't go back to old forms of worship. You can't go back to trying to get a, a sky God over to your life. You know what the psalmist said in Psalm chapter 8? Psalm chapter 8 in verse 4. Let, 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 let me just read this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to start to finish this. But let me... I think we've gone a long ways this morning. Let, let me read to you Psalm chapter 8, just verses 4, 5, and 6, because this takes the God we talked about and the, and the man who is his container today as Jesus was and kind of brings them together. I, I like what he said in Psalms chapter 8 and verse 4. Psalm chapter 8 and verse 4. Let me get over there. Wasn't... I've listened to myself preach, Psalm chapter eight, verse four. It says, "What is man that you are mindful of him?" So it brings the two together. He's a, you are on the mind of God. You're you're on His mind all the time. He's written your name on the palms of His hands, and every time He turns around, He's thinking about you. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visited him, and you have made him, you have made him. You've made man a little lower than the angels. And you've probably heard that's that's a bad translation. Angels, I think the, the writers of the book couldn't believe what the word was. It's actually Elohim. It means it's the plural, plural meaning of God or gods. And that's why I think he stamped it on us. What is man that thou art mindful of? And, and, and a son of man that you've, you made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, all the sheep, the oxen, even the beasts of the field, birds there, And he goes on, it's, it's almost a copy of Genesis 1, 26, 7, and 8, except the writer of Psalms really brings it in. He says, what is man, man that you're mindful of? You created him just a little lower. See, there's only one source of, of all things. There's only one source of being. And you were, you are, And you always will be connected to that one, as one, right? Everything that does not describe who you are, we've talked about it this morning. I spent 52 minutes and 38 seconds talking to you, the Father, who you are, bringing them two together. Everything that does not look like the Father through the Son and the Spirit, he's whittling off of you. Let him whittle, let him chisel. They asked a sculptor one time, he's going to sculpt a horse. He had a big rock. They said, how are you going to get a horse out of that rock? He says, very simple. I just knock off everything that doesn't look like a horse. And that's what the father's doing in our life. He's knocking off everything that does not look like the father through the son in the spirit. And at the Digital Cathedral, we're on a, we're on, on a course, brother. We're on a mission. Where we're doggedly facing the reality of who we are and we're willing to accept it. And we're going to continue by grace to learn and do just what we're talking about this morning amen all right i gotta go i'm my time is more than up thank you for being with me this morning we're gonna we're gonna keep going with this and we're gonna keep learning more and more and more as we go i think we'll, t- we'll maybe do an installment on john next week so you want to be sure to tune in see you wednesday night's a secret place thank you for your financial support your prayers i always put a link in if you want to make a contribution It's highly appreciated. You're the one that supports us and keeps the message moving forward. See you next time at the Digital Cathedral. Have a powerful, Jesus-filled week, knowing exactly who you are. Amen. God bless.